Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to week two of Ballin' with Baldy. I am your host, Dylan Lanier, and I'm freshly shaved, shaved my head this morning when I woke up. And we have my co-host, Chris Knox here. Chris, how are you doing today? Man, you already know what it is. Every day a great day. Every day a great day. Uh, it's raining outside, unfortunately. It, it was it was looking pretty good this morning, and uh, now it's kind of just dreary and rainy, and that's nothing anyone wants to see. But we have a lot to talk about today. There's a whole lot to talk about. Um, what are you most excited? What what what's what kind of like what topic is really exciting you to talk about? Off the top of my head, I'm kind of interested in baseball free agency. Um, definitely, Dez getting signed to the Saints. Um, Jacksonville basketball starting on Friday. Oh, it is starting on Friday. That it is. Uh, Jacksonville, our Jacksonville State basketball men's team will be traveling to Samford University to take on Samford this Friday. Woo-hoo. So uh, hopefully we can go out there and show Samford what we're all about. Um, well, to really start off the night, last Friday I was given the wonderful opportunity to go check out Wicked Havoc, Pro South's Wicked Havoc show that we had talked about last week. Um, and I have all the results here. In a triple threat match to the kick off the show, the hot tamale Daniel Perez took on Slade Porter, who made his Pro South debut, and J.D. Rush, who made his Pro South return. He's also on like SmackDown vs. Raw Creative. <laughs> and uh, luckily, it was J.D. Rush coming out with the victory. He had a roll-up on uh, the hot tamale Daniel Perez. Solid match, good contest, um, and then after that we moved on to the mongrel, Britt Jackson, what a monster that guy is, and uh, he took on Christian Garrett, which was pretty much one-sided. Christian Garrett came out hot at the start, but Britt Jackson was having none of it and decided to uh, really show why the kill field is getting filled up with many contestants. After that, and what was probably my second favorite match of the night, um, the All-Out Championship was defended. Scott Morgan took on Chris Crunk, and Chris Crunk walked out as the brand-new <laughs> All-Out Champion. He had to be inspired by Lil Jon. He had to. <laughs> he's a little snappy music. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, uh, he's a talented dude. All these guys, like they're, they're real guys, yeah, you know? I, th- it I doesn't sound like it, but I they am, are. I am a fan of Scott Morgan. Scott Morgan, he's a good dude, good talent. Um, actually, this upcoming Friday, Scott Morgan has already invoked his rematch clause to go after Chris Crunk, so the all-out championship will be defended this Friday night at the Pro South Arena. Nice. Um, and they're getting geared up for their anniversary show in December, but I'm going to talk about something here in a few minutes that will really show – we going to shake the landscape. It, it pretty much shook the landscape of Pro South, and it kind of reunited a few guys, but we'll get to that. Um, the match after that was Lights, Cameron Action. He took on the Steel Dragon, Donnie Primetime. Personal favorite of mine, Donnie Primetime is. Primetime. Right. It's all. It's always Primetime. Um, and Lights, Cameron Action actually came out as the winner of that match, and you know, Lights Cameron action is really uh, his attitude's changed a little bit. He's got he's he's kind of went off the cliff a little bit, but um. I mean, if your name is Light Camera Action, you are like highly arrogant. I mean, what are you doing? He's he's he he says he's the best director that's ever lived. So, um, after that, I know this guy's a personal favorite of yours. Uh, it was a hardcore match. And it was Brad Cash, and he took on Big Toon. Big Toon! <laughs> he took on our boy Big Toon. My man. And um, Big Toon walked away with the victory. Big Toon still undefeated. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I don't know. I, actually, he might be, but uh, Big Toon walked away with the victory. Oh, wait, Big Toon, wait, that's the thing about Big Toon. Ain't never been pinned. He's that never the been pinned. That boy the truth. <laughs> He's never been pinned. That's a good, that's a very good point. Big Toon! Uh, after that, it was Alistair Crow. What a psycho that guy is. Took on Josh Storm. Uh, Josh Storm walked away with the victory. Solid contest. Very, uh, very slow contest, I should say. Alistair, Alistair pretty much 
kept the ground game going and kept him submission after submission, just wanting to wear him down. Real Khabib style. Real Khabib style. But Storm came out and uh, walked away at the victory. The wrestling, the Wrestlers Lab Nucleus Championship. Uh, Trevor Aon returned to Pro South and defended the Wrestlers Lab Nucleus Championship against Brandon Watley. Oh, the Serpent Dragon. Brandon Watley. Wait a minute. It's a real, it, yeah. How, how, how do you be both? Well, like, it's the Serpent Dragon, Brandon Watley. Yeah, but that's the thing, how you a serpent in a dragon. I don't know. I don't know, but he makes it work. And he, yeah, he's he, part of the same genus. <laughs> hey, Brandon makes it work, man. Um, And Trevor Aon actually walked away retaining the championship. Nice. Solid, very solid contest. It, it really surprised me on how good it was actually going to be, but both guys are pretty talented in their own right. Um... After that match, we had Damian Saratone come out to the ring, and he called out the trickster. And, ah. yeah, you remember these guys, right? Yeah, well, it's been a while since you've been to a show, but the last time yeah. that you went to a show. I was flaming all the wrestlers. Yeah, that is true, but, you know, that's how you kind of do that stuff. But you remember these guys were once known as the tricks of the trade. Mm-hmm. Tricks of the trade and uh, Damien Sarah, they, they they are not together anymore. Damien turned his back on the trickster, or as he, as Damien likes to say, the trickster turned his back on him, and that made him real warped sense, kind of a real warped sense of reality right there. Yeah, just a little bit, but you know, any, yeah, he he called out the trickster. Uh, the trickster did not show up at first. But as Damien went on to continue talking, some different music played, and out came the trickster, and they got into a brawl. Uh, a lot of violence ensued, and then Damien Serotone ended up placing the trickster into a casket. And this is the one where you got set on fire inside of And it? lit the casket on fire. Oh, my goodness. Um, what kind of world are we living in? It, uh, who knows? It's it's crazy. I have not gotten an update on from last Friday on the trickster. So whenever I do get an update, I'll be happy to let you guys know. But uh, Dan, I don't know. Damien's uh he's a crazy man apparently. But I mean, if you sticking a man inside of a casket and setting on fire, I don't think I can call you sane. Well, no, you can't be called sane. That's a good point. Um, after that, uh, the tag team championships were on the line Whoop. as Champions Amy Haven and Taylor Ray, known as the Estrogen Express, took on Bailey Blake and Cody Steele, accompanied by new all-out champion Chris Crunk, known as Organization 13. Those three guys are known as Organization 13. Very interesting name. Yeah, and Bailey Blake and Cody Steele walked away as the brand new New South Tag Team Champ. I'm sorry, Pro South Tag Team Champions. Um, Pro South, Pro tag, South Tag Team, team Champions. I'm sorry. Champions. I was reading something else at the point. Um, organization 13. It was a very, very good match. Um, different match than you're used to seeing in Pro South. But, you know, they also had a unicorn. Come out who, to who, ringside. Who, who authorized this? I, that that's who, that's who, what happened. Wait, he what? tried to come out and distract Chris Crunk. Didn't work out too well for him. He got his head kicked off. But. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a centaur unicorn. No, no, no. Like he came out in street clothes with a unicorn like head oh. head head thing. Oh. But we don't know who was under it. Okay. Very strange. Yeah, but you know it worked out. We got a grown man calling himself a unicorn. Well, I don't think he was calling himself a unicorn. I think it was just you know. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Just hey, you gotta do what you gotta do to get paid, man. Yeah, just a unicorn on hot legs just walking inside of the building. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I guess not. All right. Um, after that, it was supposed to be Shane Knowles versus Tricky Ricky Cagle, but Tricky Ricky Cagle, he came out with a neck brace on crutches. Yeah. With a knee brace. Yeah. Said he was hurt. Yeah. And he couldn't, he couldn't go. Yeah. And he really hated that. And he also had a written excuse from Dr. James Andrews himself. Ah. And, um. What is this, middle school, bro? Hey, he look, like, man. Bro, he's like the fat kid trying to get out of PE, bro. <laughs> look, man. And then Shane Knowles 
was not buying any of it. He wasn't buying any of the crap that Tricky Ricky was spewing out and decided to attack him. So I guess the bell, I mean, the bell rang. So officially the match started, but Shane Knowles ended up winning the match by disqualification as Tricky Ricky choked him out with, I believe it was with the crutch and he just, he just beat him to death with the crutch and if I know Shane Knowles, like I think I know Shane Knowles, I don't, I, I, you know, he's not going to let Tricky Ricky get away with that. They will, they will do, he will definitely do something about that. Let's get a street fight. And, um, Hood rules. the main event of the night was for the pro South championship, as well as the OCWA championship, Sean Christopher. Sounds like your average joke. Sean Christopher, Savage Youth. Defended the Pro South Championship against Ace Haven, the last hero, Ace Haven, who is really all good who, dude in the ring. who defended the OCWA Championship, and uh, Tyler Gage was your special referee, and Tyler Gage won the Battle Rumble, which is one of their bigger shows of the year, yeah. and he will have his shot at the Pro South Championship at the anniversary show, I believe, um, and it will not be against Sean Christopher as Ace Haven is not only still the OCWA champion, he is the brand new Pro South champion. But he didn't do it alone. Oh. Ace Haven turned his back on the Pro South fans, turned his back on his own family, Despicable human being. And he joined up with, get this, Big Tomb and Damian Saratone. Not Big Tomb. No, yes. My, my man. Big Tomb also turned heel. Oh. And they have reunited the Chosen Ones. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, with those three guys at the helm. Ace Haven got some goons. Ace Haven has a lot to talk about. He, got he has a lot to explain. Don't run up on him. He won't smoke. Coming up this Friday. He won't smoke. Hey, he's looking for it. And uh, this Friday, Pro South will have it. They have a show every Friday, every week. I believe doors open at 7 o'clock. Shows start at, at 7.30. This upcoming Friday, I believe Ace Haven, as well as Damian Serotone and Big Toom, are going to explain themselves. I hope that we'll have an update on the Trickster, and you are also in for a good, talented contest between Chris Crunk uh-huh. and Scott Morgan. Okay. As the All Out Championship will be defended once again. He's invoking his rematch clause. I think it's going to be a good match, but I also think that, uh, I don't know, I feel like Chris Crunk is not going to walk away easily. I feel like Chris Crunk is going to go in there and fight his tail off to retain that championship because he is a... I don't know. I just don't think Scott Morgan is in the right mindset to do so. Oh, is there something we don't know? Who knows? But uh, let's move on. All right. We, we, we talked about the men's basketball team. So instead of really keeping it in the the basketball aspect, we're actually going to go ahead and talk about the JSU-UT Martin game this past Saturday. I did call for that game to be a blowout. I ain't going to lie. I will will take my L on that. But, hey, we came out with the W. We did come out with the W. And and Zarek Cooper turned out to be that guy. Zarek had a really good game. Um... Game winning touchdown pass. Uh, the player of the game was definitely the squirrel that yeah. ran across the field. I love that squirrel. It's, it's good, dude. He's a good brother. I kept telling him to get out the end zone, bro. He was gonna get hurt, bro. He was gonna get hurt, but you know he ran down the other side of the field, man. Yeah, he's going by nine touchdowns, bro. Hey, it works out, you hey, know. Hey, Coach Gross, get that squirrel to walk on. Yeah, give him a scholarship, man. That squirrel's the best running back I've ever seen. Put him in some pads and give him a jersey. He's definitely better than Barry Sanders. Yeah, all you gotta do is just give him the ball. Like Emmitt a- Smith, who? <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> exactly. Squirrel is squirrel number he's three. The greatest player I've ever seen. Um, but JSU, like we said, walked away. 
with the victory, 21 to 14 against UT Martin. Yeah. And speaking of, let's 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 just talk about the game because I mean we were there the entire game. We were yeah. over there painted up. Yes, we were. We're happily members of the Cop Flock. Shout yeah, out to yes. my boys. And my girls that are involved in there, shout out to us, shout out to the flock. But you know who you is. We were there the entire game, and I don't know, man. It was just. It was a struggle for most of that game. It was it was tough to watch, so but it was just. It's not that we played. It wasn't like we played bad. It's just you know they. UT Martin came to play. They did. They they came to play and they showed that they came to play and. I don't. I'm kind of worried if if we don't come out these next two weeks, especially against KSU on the 17th at SunTrust yeah. Park. If we don't come out these next two weeks, and those and those guys don't play like they want to be out there to play, if they played like they did against UT Martin, like we said, they didn't play terrible. But if they just go out and play these next two weeks, especially against KSU, guns are blazing. It's it's gonna be hard. Derek, let that ball loose. I know you can do it, bro. We want you to. See, and also, while we're staying on the football JSU side of this, um, Josh Pearson. Our boy Josh Pearson. What he a was, steal for us. He was added to the Walter Payton Award watch list, um, which is the Offensive Player of the Year for FCS. What a baller that man is. Just, here's his season stats up to this point. And I got this from the JSU app in the athletics portion. So if it's not updated, that's not my fault. Didn't get nothing to blame. <laughs> um, 46 receptions, 769 yards, 15 touchdowns, and he's averaging 85.4 yards per game. Repeat that again? Sure, will do. 46 receptions for 769 yards. 15 touchdowns, and he's averaging 85.4 yards a game. Okay, hold on. To put this in perspective for people, I want you to understand most D1, most D1 first-string receivers don't have anywhere near 10 touchdowns in some places. This man, even though, yeah, we are a D1 school too, but, I mean, you kind of get the point. We're kind of on the lower spectrum of that. But We're in the FCS. Yeah. But we got ballers ourselves. And Josh Pearson, that man's a baller. He's a baller. You seen that man run routes? That boy go crazy. He goes way crazy. I ain't never seen nobody run faster than they shadow. Look, I ain't never seen <laughs> it's crazy to think, man. Pearson, he's a great talent. He's a good dude. Um, and he's, I mean, he's he came out this season with a mission. Yup. And he, it looks like that that mission is coming into really good fruition. FCS DBs, watch out. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. Um, let's move on uh-huh. to a different college. Probably one of the, and we're we're gonna we're gonna move over to basketball. It was, you know, the season kicked off just last night. I believe it was just last night. Am I right? Yes, it is. All right. Um, and you're a Kentucky basketball fan. Yes, I am. I'm a I'm a Tennessee boy. I love my Vols, so I stick I stick with my boys. But I still um, love Alabama. We, you do, yeah. you do. I'm not discrediting they're, they're that. They're a hometown team, but I I'm, got love for Kentucky basketball. Look, too. I'm not discrediting that. But man, Duke put a beating I, on those Wildcats. I will put it like this: that is probably the best game that Duke has ever played in their history. I mean, they played a solid game. Uh, I, no, that was not solid. That was a great game. They came out lights out. They shot everything. Well, I mean, let's let, let's kind of just run this over real quick. Uh, as of last night, Duke was ranked number four in the nation. Kentucky was ranked number two. Kentucky was ranked number two in the nation. Duke ended up winning the game 118 to 84. To 84. Um, the leading, the kind of leading player for Kentucky was Johnson. Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson, correct. My God. 23 points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, I thought long, I thought taking long shots definitely hurt us in the long run. And I he was 8 for 16 from the field. Yeah. Um, I think Calipari kind of needs to put the nail in the coffin on this ISO ball that we're doing. Yeah, I can definitely agree. It was definitely sticking a lot. I definitely thought the ball should have been kept. I thought the ball should have been kept moving. Definitely should have been a lot more off-ball cuts. Definitely agree. Um, as for Duke... Uh, last name Barrett. R.J. R.J. Barrett. There you go. R.J. Barrett. Number two player in the country. 
He had 33 points, four rebounds, six assists, and he shot 13 for 26 from the field. Which is, uh, I mean, 50% from the field is not terrible. But then you get to the next guy that I have written down here, Zion Williamson. That man, Charles. What a beast this guy is. That is a linebacker. Now, he, he had 28 points. It was the... Yeah. It was the second most in the game throughout both teams. Now he didn't throw them. Now he didn't do them little three assists. Does we know he did? No, he didn't. He also finished with seven rebounds, two assists. But what kind of impressed me the most was he was eleven for thirteen from the field. He yes. missed two shots. Yes. And now, granted, a lot of those were. A lot of the times he was attacking the rim on those. Yeah, very he true. He didn't make a three. Very true. But uh, he's not expected to make threes, dude. He's. But that's the thing, though. Once he develops that trait, he'll be... Because we've been hearing about this from Coach K, that he's trying to develop Zion into a three-point shooter. And once he develops into a three-point shooter, it's going to be hard to stop him. Yep. He'll be be a lot like Giannis. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is my favorite player in the NBA, if you guys want to know that. And the best part about it is I liked him before anybody knew how to pronounce his name. Mm. Yeah, throwing shade to a lot of you people that say you like Giannis. I'm just kidding. I'm a fan. You probably do like what you're honest. I don't know. Uh, we're going to keep it on basketball just real quick. But we're going to move to the NBA. This is something that I saw the guys on Bleacher Report talking about today. I figured it'd be a good, you know. Very interesting topic. I feel like it would be a good topic for us to talk about. Um, and essentially it was, should the Wizards trade John Wall and kind of start over? It would, if they, John Wall is by far their best player. Yes. He is the face of that franchise, and if they traded John Wall, it would basically just be like wiping the slate clean and starting rebuilding. over, it, it, rebuilding completely from the ground up. Um, the only thing that really kind of just hampers the trade of John Wall is the money situation. Now, I, I, I wrote down, or I have typed out all of the, you know, the amounts of money that he's going to be making yeah. and he's 28 this year. It didn't, it did not show how much he's making this year. I don't think it's, I don't think he's making a lot this year. Um, I think he's making around the anywhere from the range of like 22 to $25 million. But that's like average for yeah. a basketball player at this point. You know how crazy it'd be to be a freaking bitch player. Is a no, the concession staying guy getting paid 22 million. Like it's crazy, but let's let, let's continue on John wall in the 2019, 2020 season. He'll be, this is his age 29 season. So it's next season. He's going to be making $38.2 million. Yeah. In his age 30 season, 2020, 2021, 41.2 million. Yeah. 2021, 2022 is age 31 season, $44.3 million. million. And in his age 32 season, the year of 2022-2023, 47.3 yeah. Point three million dollars. That's a rich man. That's a lot of money. That's a rich man. That's a lot of money. I don't think they'll if they trade John Wall, he's gonna have to take a pay cut and get a restructured contract. Because nobody can take that. I don't even think I, the Wizards can afford that. No, they can't. Probably somebody like Orlando could. Yeah, probably. They don't really have a lot of money on their books. Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn can really afford anything at this point. Yeah, uh, Nick, the Knicks could definitely take that on. It you get you just you have to look at the big market teams like that. Yeah. It's just it's it's crazy to think. Now the thing now the question that was proposed was should the Wizards do it? I don't think they should. I don't think so either because my thing is look at that we're you're, losing, you're losing a lot with John Wall. You are losing a lot. You are losing you are losing one of the one of the last. Pure point guard type players in the NBA. Could not agree more with that. I you really lo- couldn't. You are losing your leading defender and your leader, the heart and soul of the Wizards. If there's no John Wall, there is no Wizards. Now I'm now I believe the Wizards can possibly talk John Wall into a restructure. Yeah, and if I was John Wall, I would kind of just be like, you know what? And see, if I was John Wall, I would wait until at least the age 30 season where he's making 41.2, and I'd be yeah. like, all right, look. I've got all the money I need. Okay, let's right, just restructure bro. this. All right, bro. All right, bro. I need a new contract. Need if new not, contract. you know, you can donate half the contract to charity or whatever. Do something good with it, but yeah. just restructure at least. Um, He's probably going to buy a camel with it. <laughs> what? I mean, that's not, you know what? 
buying a camel is actually something John Wall would do. I could see him buying a camel. I can see that too. I can also I can also see him buying out ten recording studios. Never go in them. Not drop a single mixtape. Just own it. Just to own it. Just own it. Just say he owns it. Yes. Just send Dame in there. Hey, bro, go in there and record hey, something. Hey, bro, I got you, bro. <laughs> I got you. I got you for three hours of studio time. I got you, Dame. Dame Dollar. Don't worry about it, bro. I got you, bro. Um. So I mean, that's kind of just. I feel. I felt like that would have been a good topic. Now. There is another point to this. What is that? I believe that the Wizards should... Now, I did say the Wizards shouldn't trade John Wall, but I think they need to do the opposite. They need to wipe the slate clean with everybody else. Because what I believe the issue is, is the GM has not built these guys. He has not built a team around John Wall, in all honesty. These are not. I think besides Bradley Beal, these are not a lot of guys that John Wall can necessarily coexist with i could yeah i can agree it's more like john wall is tolerating them yeah to i a, can to a, to a degree i can definitely agree with that um so basically you're just saying build around john wall give yes. him players that at, can at, fit at his strong point, suit at this point go all in on john wall see because john wall i mean he's not really a shooter he's not a he's not a perimeter shooter he's more of an inside guy and whenever yeah. he drives to the basket he's, he's one of the hardest people to stop he, he's slashing He's definitely a slasher, and then whenever you know, he just I just I just think he needs shooters, man. He needs shooters. He bro. needs somebody to pop up in the corner and pop yep. up at the top of the key every now and then. Now I also don't believe John Wall is the number one player necessarily. No, I wouldn't say he's the number one player. He's... No, I mean like of course in the situation he is in Washington, but what I believe is to maximize John Wall, you got to have somebody over. So you basically what you're saying is for John Wall to be the John Wall. That we know he can be, he needs a superstar bigger than him over yes. him. Who would you who who do you think would fit that mold? Carl Anthony Towns. Cat. Yes. Why Cat? I feel like Cat would be the perfect fit for him because you maximize John Wall's playmaking opportunity because Cat is of course a stretch four while also being an inside guy. Very true. It works very well in pick and roll and in pick and pop. He can also shoot from the perimeter every now and then. Exactly. You get him wide open. It's going to be hard for him to miss. Um, you know, another guy that's kind of, who's actually going to be a free agent after the season, I believe, that I would really love to see since we were talking about how John Wall needs some shooters. And if this guy leaves this team, he could be a superstar anywhere he goes. But since we're talking he's about with, my man's Clay. Yes, we were talking about Clay Thompson. He is with Golden State. He's just a player. P- PBS logo <laughs> Clay Thompson. He's an average player with Golden State. Like he's just he's just another player on the team, but if he was anywhere else, he would be a superstar. Yep. He would be the number one person on that team. And if Guns you put him with John Wall and Clay Thompson pops up in the corner wide open, all John Wall's gotta do is fake the layup, toss it out, boom, three, it's over with. Dead it's over with. Bombs. We're gonna stick on the basketball portion. We're gonna stick on professional basketball as well. And we're gonna go over to my favorite team. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about my Lakers. All right. But we're not going to – I mean, it's, I mean, technically we're going to talk about the team, but we're more going to talk about Luke Walton. Yes. And how he could be on the hot seat. Magic said that there was nothing to worry about. Which he is right about that. Yeah, and it's still early in the season. Very early. But the game after Magic said everything's fine unless something drastic changes – they play probably their worst game of the season. Yes, they do. Now, so, he, now here's my thing about it. Luke Walton is a very – he's a defensive coach. Yes, very true. Also, the thing about Luke Walton is Luke Walton doesn't have a go-to lineup, which most coaches do have in their back pocket. This yeah. Is, these are things – there are things that Luke Walton still has to develop with this Lakers team that's just not there yet. And if anyone was expecting the Lakers to just come out the gate and, you know, just like bulldoze through everybody, I mean, I got to ask, what are you thinking? It's, you know, it's, it's I don't know, man. Because this, this is a very young team, too, with it's veterans very sprinkling. young. I mean, and, you know, it's very young team, and then you have undoubtedly the best player of our generation in LeBron James. King James! And who is... Up there in talks as the greatest of all time. A lot of people, a lot of people like to say he's better than Michael. 
Um, we'll let y'all debate that. Well, I mean, I'm going to say that he's not, not yet. If he keeps playing to the level he's playing now, he will definitely be better. I take LeBron over and I take LeBron over Michael. But, you know, LeBron just has to keep playing as much as he's playing and playing to the level as he's playing and give him give him maybe two, three more years and maybe he'll beat him. Maybe he'll be over him. Yep. Um let's kinda let, let's stick to the whole wow, time's really flowing here. Um let's kinda go to the NFL. Let's talk about the games that happened this past Sunday or this past week, actually. Uh, Monday night, my Titans, my Tennessee Titans, love them boys, beat the Dallas Cowboys 28-14. Um, and as we predicted last week, or as you predicted, I should say, I said that they would stay undefeated. You said that they would lose. And if it was anybody that could do it, it would be Drew Brees. It would Brees. be Drew Brees. And by God, it was Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Michael w- Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Led the Saints. I think at this point, undoubtedly the best trio in the league. Undoubtedly. Led the Saints to a 45-35 victory over the Rams, which was a very good game. Both teams are so talented. Uh, your Patriots yes. defeated the Packers. Green Bay. 31-17. <laughs> uh, the Chargers defeated the Seahawks 25-17. The Goat always wins. The Texans defeated the Broncos 19-17. Trend here with 17s. Mm-hmm. Um... The Chicago Bears defeated the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, 41-9. And Disgrace to the league. <laughs> Dude, Please get them out of there. The Bears are just shocking everybody. I had no, I figured they would go don't on and me, run like they did wrong. last season. The Bears are, don't get me wrong. The Bears have been great. But anybody who balls out against Buffalo, that was expected. That's something you're supposed to I do. mean, yeah, fair you know, enough. I mean, if you're losing the Bills at this point, go to a D3 team. <laughs> You are not even allowed in the NFL no more, bro. Go play against some high school teams. Go play against IMG Academy. <laughs> Go do something else, bro. Fair enough. I can't. I couldn't agree more. Um, the Panthers defeated the Buccaneers, forty-two to twenty-eight, from a strong game from Cam Newton, who keeps to prove he keeps on proving his doubters wrong. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs defeated the Browns, thirty-one to twenty-one, and Patty Mahomes walked away with the victory, tying up the Mahomes. Baker. Mayfield debate one to one. Um, the Falcons defeated the Redskins thirty eight to fourteen, which was pretty I, surprising. I actually was not expecting the Falcons. I was not game. either. Julio got his first touchdown in a while, so Woo. <laughs> good for Julio. Uh, that was a very shocking game for me. I really didn't think the Falcons were going to come out that strong. Uh, actually, today the Falcons signed Bruce Irving, who was recently cut from the Seahawks. Um. And they signed him, and he will start Sunday. Instant start? Instant start. All right. So Let's see what he's made of. I guess the Falcons got a little spring in their step after that victory. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Jets 13-6. to Oh, God. Uh, the Vikings beat the Lions 24-9. As expected. I also lost in my fantasy league this week, in, in our fantasy league. All of my guys are on a bye week, and it really screwed me over, but... Yeah, shout out to Angelo. Good, good, you know, good job on that. That's what happens when Adam Thielen goes up against a number one corner. See, no, but I mean, like Adam Thielen, week after week after week, scoring twenty plus points. And he was getting. And over this week he only scored like twelve. And he was getting over hundred receiving yards in all those games. Exactly, and he but only the, got like twenty. But the problem is that's what happens when Stephon Diggs is out. You can't benefit from that. You got to go up against that one on one. You got to go up against that number one corner by yourself. It's you versus him. Let's see who has the better skills. And uh, it really hurt me, you know. But you know, oh well, I wasn't gonna win that week anyway. But I'm still, I'm still in first place. Still the best record. <laughs> Get out of here, all of you. Um, the Steelers defeated the Ravens 23-16, and the 49ers defeated the Raiders 34-3 last Thursday. Yep. Um, and we're gonna talk about one more thing here in the NFL. Um, something that happened today that we mentioned at the start of the show. Des Bryant signed with the Saints for it says for one year, but it's pretty much the rest of the season. Yeah. Um. He signed there for the rest of the season, which is very good. I believe as much as I as much as I roast Des Bryant, I do believe he's a great fit in New Orleans. He's a very good fit in New Orleans. It kind of gives uh now, it, it gives he, Breeze another target, yes, another solid does. target. And Breeze does very well with those possession, those big body reds. Yes, targets. he does. All he's got to do is fade that thing into the end zone. Yep. 
Now it does finally learn more than one route. We'll see how great <laughs> this becomes. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, I mean, there's part of that's where you're not wrong, but you know, I think it's gonna be a good team combination of Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Des Bryant. Yeah. And, you know, Breeze having all three of those targets, especially Kamara built by Tennessee. That's what I'm talking about. On my fantasy team. <laughs> I love Kamara. Uh, one of my favorite players. Let's kind of keep it into the football side of things. We're going to go over to the college here real quick. and um, Now I did say that game would be a blowout. You did, but, you know, we, um, we're we actually going to talk about upcoming games okay. this weekend. And they're pretty big games, I would, I would All say. All right, you want to save that one? You want to save that one? It, it, it's pretty big games. There's a few I have here. Um, Clemson and Boston College. And, and normally you wouldn't say this is a big game. But Boston College is putting on pretty good show in this season. Yeah. I believe they're ranked. Uh, what are they? Twenty. Twenty three. Are they in twenty three? They're twenty two or twenty three. I, I believe they're in the twenty or the twenty range. They're still ranked in the top twenty five. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Yeah. Um, and they're taking on Clemson. And Clemson, these last few weeks have just been blowing everyone out of the water. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I have been kind of disappointed with Trevor Lawrence this season. Yeah, he's kind of been. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of underperforming. Yeah, underperforming, but, you know, still, it's all about a team effort, and Clemson has proven that team efforts are working. Um, Let's see how that goes against Alabama. Let's get your score predictions on Clemson-Boston College. All right, I got Clemson with 35. Okay. And I got Boston College with 17. Okay, I like that. Um, I actually think Clemson is going to score more than 35. I think Clemson's going to go out and score 49. But I think Boston College is going to come out and score 35. I think it'll be a little bit of a closer game than a lot of people are expecting. Boston I, I College so has too. kind of an explosive offense to watch. Um, another pretty big in-state game, uh, Texas versus Texas Tech. It's always a fun game watching those two teams play each other. What are your predictions on that one? I think Texas I think Texas goes and stomps out Texas Tech. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, I, think, what, I think this is – and who was the head coach for Texas again, Todd Herman? Uh, it is Todd Herman, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm just trying to make sure. I definitely think this is one of those games he's got to really prove himself. He's got to prove that he can do this kind of thing. So what is what, what is your score prediction? I've got 48. I don't know how they're going to get the 48, but that's just what I'm thinking of. I'm going with 48 to 15. 48 to 15? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you. Uh-huh. I think Texas Tech is going to come out and throw all over that defense Ooh. with that air raid right. offense that they run. I think yeah. it's going to be Texas Tech scoring. I'll give Texas Tech 55, uh-huh. and I will give Texas 24. Oh. I don't think Texas is going to do that well against Texas Tech. Ooh. Pretty big game, and I feel like we're going to ruffle a lot of feathers when we talk about this one. Uh, Georgia versus Auburn. Georgia and Auburn are playing this weekend. Um, Those Bulldogs going to tear it up. I, I, I agree with you. I really do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think Georgia's going to run the table with Auburn. It's, yeah. Auburn is just not good. One thing I can say about this, thank God for Auburn. <laughs> they brought back Gus Mills on. Dude, and, you know, their athletic – I believe it was their athletic director um, said that they're not going to fire him. Exactly. They're going to keep him in. And that's why I love Auburn because they're, t- they're a place for ladies. And it's the not thing, the, like, Not the university. Not the university. Not the people that go there. But the AD, the athletic director, thank him for good decisions. <laughs> like bringing back Gus Malzahn. That's the best decision I've ever heard. And it's crazy because, you know, there's been fans of Auburn football that's set up a GoFundMe – and the money out. has been raised they're almost completely to get Miles on bought out. But I don't know. What? Give me a score. 35 nothing. 35 nothing. I agree with that. I, I, I think I'll go with. Uh, I think I'll go with the 35 nothing. Maybe bump it up to 42 nothing. Yeah. But I don't. I don't see Auburn scoring at all. Not I on that mean, defense. Nope. Um, another in-state game here. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. It's kind of like a Texas Texas Tech game. It's yeah. always fun watching these two 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 teams play each other. Yeah. Um. Give me give me a prediction. I've got Oklahoma dropping sixty six to twenty three. 
if you got I mean, you guys cannot see me, but I just did like the blinking guy eye yeah. meme. Like yeah. I was just like the shocked face. I know. 66 to 24? I, really, I just threw 66 out there as a number, but I do think that game's not going to be pretty. I'm going to give it to Oklahoma as well, yes. but I'm not going 66. That's like <laughs> I, I just threw that out there as a number. I wanted to go higher with it, but, man, that game's not going to be pretty. I'm going to give it 45 to 10. It's not going to be pretty. I'm going to give it 45 to 10, Oklahoma. Um, Because another, another game, in-conference game here, Southeastern to be specific. Uh-huh. It's going to be... My Tennessee Vols uh-huh. taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. I got Kentucky winning 14-7. 14-7. Okay, that's a lot better than what I thought you were going to say. Um, I don't. I wasn't going to say nothing crazy just because I don't like Tennessee, but realistically that's going to be a very close game. Yeah, it's going to be pretty close. Normally always is. Uh, Tennessee is coming off a victory in their last appearance. And... I'm just I'm I'm not gonna be biased here. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think that you just you just can't see him winning. It's yeah I can't. I mean even with Pruitt and how good he is defensively, he's just he, you still have to give him you have to give him more time. You have to give him more time. Yeah. And it's all about giving him time. But I think it's gonna be Kentucky over Tennessee. I think the score is going to be twenty-eight to twenty-one. Mm. Uh, kind of boosted up a little bit, but uh. Another Southeastern Conference game, South Carolina versus Florida. Disappointing South Carolina team this season. Taking on they Florida, were. who has been pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, score predictions? Hmm. Think it's going to be a blowout? No, I think that one's going to be pretty close. I think I got 28-21 for that. 28-21 for that one? Uh, I'm going to give it more of 35. Okay. Hold on now, hold on now. I have been throwing out high predictions because – like for Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, there is not that big of a talent disparity between South Carolina and Florida. No, there's not. And there's no football better than SEC football. Exactly. Always close. It's not that big talent gap like it is with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State now. Not at all. Um, I kind of – I'm going to disagree with you. I do think it's going to be Florida winning. Uh-huh. I do agree with you on that portion, but I think it's gonna be like thirty-five to ten, thirty-five thirteen Ooh. at the most. Okay. Um, Ohio State versus Michigan State, big game. Personally, I don't want to see Ohio State win. Yeah. Not a fan of Ohio State, but I do think they will win. I think Ohio State's gonna be Michigan State. Uh, I think it's gonna be a pretty big differential score gap. Yeah. I think it's gonna be. Um, I don't know. I'll give Ohio State sixty-three. I'll give Michigan State 17, anywhere from 17 to 21. I don't think it's going to be that much. What about you? I probably would have. I was probably going to say about 49 to about 7. I like it. Respectable. Um, next up, the final game we're going to talk about here, Alabama Crimson Tide. Whoop, whoop. Taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. That's another one. Not going to be pretty. Nah, you don't think it's going to be pretty. No. You think Alabama's going to blow them out? Yes. SEC conference games here, Chris. Now, here's the problem, though. Everybody said that about LSU. And look what happened with that. Look yeah, what happened with Ole Miss yeah, one of their, Texas a One of their fans got turned into a meme, so. <sighs> um, But, yeah, I mean, get, give me a score prediction, Alabama-Mississippi State. 35 nothing. Okay. It's a little bit pretty respectable there. I don't think I'm not I'm not because I don't think we're gonna come out there guns and blades. I don't think I'm not gonna discredit Mississippi State. Nick Fitzgerald is a really good quarterback. He knows how to run that offense. Yeah. I'm gonna give the victory to Alabama still. Yeah. Just because, like it sucks to say it, but they're so good and you know. Um, Feel it. Yeah. Embrace it. I mean they're good. Believe it. <laughs> it's probably the best team ever under Nick Saban. Easily. Um, I'm going to give Alabama 42. Uh-huh. I'm going to give Mississippi State 17. Okay. Pretty respectable. So uh, now we're going to move on to more than likely the way things are going. This is going to be our last topic of the day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's going to be our last sports talk of the day. Uh, we're going to go into baseball now. We're going to talk about, uh, first off, we're going to start off with a little bit of unfortunate news. Lance McCullers, started pitcher for the Houston Astros, underwent Tommy John surgery just the other day. Oh, goodness. Um, and he will miss the entire 2019 season. Um, 
Lance McCullers is never going to hear this, but, you know, prayers out to him. Uh, hope for a speedy recovery. Good talent he is. Houston is just uh, – Houston's a good young team. and yes, it is. There's a good young rotation there. By the hopefully. Way, he's listening in the hospital. <laughs> I hope so. He's hey, hey, Lance. Um, How you doing, fam? I'll just, you know, you know, prayers on a speedy recovery for you. Hopefully you can come back stronger than ever. A lot of pitchers tend to come back from Tommy John either much better or much worse, and hopefully you come back much better. Hopefully. Um, now let's kind of move on to more of a fun topic. Uh, the Washington Nationals, as we all know, one of the best players in baseball today, Bryce Harper, is a free agent. That is amazing. He is also the cover star for MLB 19, the show. Yes, he is. And he doesn't have a jersey on. No, he doesn't, and there's a reason for that. You know, whoever he signs with, they will Photoshop onto the cover, and that's who it'll be. But yeah. going back to the Washington Nationals, the Washington Nationals apparently offered Bryce Harper a deal during the season around 10 years worth $300 million. And Bryce Harper Turn declined. it down. He declined. and You know what you can do with $300 million, bro? Bro, I can, you know how much I can do with $300 million? I'll probably buy a couple countries. I could buy a few. And I'd push them together. Yep. I would make Pangea. <laughs> you would make You don't know nothing about Pangea. Hey, come on now. We all know about Pangea. We should all, we should all know about Pangea. Hopefully you guys do. Everybody that's listening. Anybody know about Pangea? Give us a call. Uh-huh. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us how you feel. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I don't think you are. Anyways. I, I'm not going to see listeners like that. I believe you guys <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, I believe you. I mean, you guys are most, most of you are college students. Exactly. You, you should be smarter than a A lot of you guys grader. are pretty amazing. Yeah, you're also pretty cool. Good people. Yep. Just the fact that you're tuning in makes me smile. Makes Chris smile. <laughs> Chris has a great smile. Yes, I do. Anyways. I love all you guys listening. And, the, you know, he turned it down. And the Yankees, which is our favorite baseball team. They're looking at Bryce Harper. They want to look at Bryce Harper. As Throw a, the bag. They want to look at him as a first baseman, Chris. Throw the bag. Throw it. Launch it. But he can't play first base. He can learn, but he can't play right now. Launch it. Launch the bag. Do it. I don't know. I mean, like, if he, if we do sign him, if we do sign him first base, like if he would, if he would be willing to learn how to play first he, base, look, I think he's ready. To, I think he would take on that. I think he'd take on that challenge. because it's multiple challenges with this. Number one, like you said, learn how to play first base. Exactly. And number one, learning how to play as a Yankee. There, there's a huge difference playing as a Yankee than playing as anybody exactly. else. Exactly. There's anybody, no, anybody, we, anybody that knows baseball, they knows there's a pressure that comes to being a Yankee. And that Yankee fan base will not let you hear the end of it if you screw up they will eat you alive and they will not think twice about it i mean if he can learn how to play first base and the yankees sign him i'll be happy with it because it's bryce harper and he's a left-handed hitter in that right field porch mm-hmm. dude's gonna hit like 50 bombs oh, hopefully in that right field porch um but uh we're kind of gonna stick onto the free agency trend here it was actually MLB Trade Rumors. They're a website. They're all about him. No, it was actually Bleacher Report. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. It was Bleacher Report. Um, and Bleacher Report kind of made predictions on the top 50 MLB free agents. I felt like that was a little bit too long of a list. And I kind of took the top 10. And we're going to count down from 10 to 1. Um, and this is basically who the player is. Um... How many years the contract is worth, the amount of money, and what team that they are predicting they go to. So it's basically a prediction on what they're going to sign for and who they're going to sign with. Uh, we're going to start off with number 10, Michael Brantley, left fielder. He's played with the Indians his entire career. Um, and Bleacher Report has it predicted that he's going to sign for three years for $45 million, so that's averaging $15 million a year, with the Atlanta Braves. Uh-huh. I just I don't think he would fit in Atlanta. Not well. I mean, they have Marcakis, they have Enciarte, they have Acuna. They don't need him. You know, the Braves do not need Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley would be better off just signing back with the Indians. I, th- I definitely think so too. I don't I don't think he needs to go anywhere. If he goes anywhere, if he goes anywhere, Giants maybe. Which they just got a new GM, yeah, that, or a new I'm sorry, a new um, baseball operator. Okay. And they signed the Dodgers GM to do that or to take over that position. I think uh, Brantley would fit in with the Giants. 
Uh-huh. Josh needs an outfielder, but there's also another outfielder in this list who is number eight, who is um, predicted to go to the Giants. We'll get there when we get there. But I just don't think Michael Brantley would fit on the Braves. Like, yeah, he'd fit where the ballpark is, especially the new ballpark. He'd be able to that that right field, you know, in right field, it's a lot shorter than what it used to be. The dimensions are a lot smaller. I think he'd fit in bat-wise there. Just he has nowhere to play. He'd be a bench bat. He'd play every other day. I take that. I mean, you know, it's Michael Brantley. He's not the player he used to be, but injuries yeah. kind of have made I that. Mean, that's something you. That's something you had to accept as a player. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you can't be your former self, find out where you fit in. Exactly. Let's move on to uh, number nine, J.A. Happ. Mm-hmm. Toronto Blue Jay for half the season. Yankees traded for him, and he pitched really well. He's a really, really solid pitcher. Really good. But they do not have him signing back with the Yankees here. They uh, Bleacher Report has predicted J.A. Happ is going to sign for three years, $48 million. So that is what it's uh, – you say for three years. Three years, $48 million. How much is that average in a year? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let's get this going. Let's get this going. Let's get this going. That's 16. 16. That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking of off the top of my head, but I got to make sure. Yeah, definitely. Always good to double check. Uh, they have him for three years, $48 million. Like you said, $16 million averaged a year. And they have him signing with the Angels. They have him signing with the Angels. Uh, J.A. Happ going to the Angels. It would kind of be a good fit. They need pitching. Yeah, I can see that. And he's a solid pitcher. He's up there in age a little bit. I believe he's going into his age uh, 36 season. Yeah. I don't know. About 36, 37. About 30, yeah, 36, 37. But he's still a solid pitcher, and it works for him. Uh, the Angels would be a good fit. Uh, of course, I'm going to say the Yankees would be a good fit. We'd love to have him back on the mound for us. I mean, who, I mean, who wouldn't want to have him? Right. It's crazy to think about, but... um. Angels, I could see fit. Definitely the Yankees. Of course, every other team that needs pitching, which is it's essentially every team. Yeah, at this point. Um, number eight is, like we just mentioned, another guy that was actually predicted to go to the Giants here. A.J. Pollock, they have him going for four years, $60 million. So it's averaging about $15 million a year to the San Francisco Giants. And I actually like that. He would be staying in the NL West. He'd be leaving uh, the Diamondbacks, and he would be going to the Giants. That's where Bleacher Report predicted him to go. How do you think that would fit? It could be a, kind of like a medium fit. It's probably not like glove and hand fit, but it's definitely right. not like out of place either. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, number seven on the list, Nathan Evaldi. Uh-huh. Uh, very helpful for the Boston Red Sox this past postseason, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Evaldi, former Yankee, too. He played for the Yankees a few years ago. Yes, he did. Uh, and then he got hurt. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. He had Tommy John traded him in the offseason. I believe it was uh, this past offseason or the offseason before that. And we traded him to Tampa Bay. And then he ended up on the Red Sox. Um, but... Speaking of the Red Sox, it has him signing. They predicted he would sign for four years, $60 million, to the Boston Red Sox, $15 million a year. Uh, I could see that definitely happening. I can too. Just keep keep it going. Yeah, I don't see Boston letting him walk away, not after the way he performed. Um, Moving on to number six. Moving on to number six, uh, Yasmani Grandal played for the Dodgers. He was a catcher. Or he is a catcher. Shouldn't say was. Uh, They have him for four years, $64 million. That's about $14 million a year, I believe. 64 is either 14 or 16-1. I believe it's 16. I'm probably 16. Um, and they have him predicted to go to the Nationals. Kind of a sketchy fit. They have, you know, they have... Uh, don't don't they have Wilson Ramos? Yeah, I believe they do. It's either, him, it's either them or Philadelphia, but I don't really think they need him at all. Um, that's just one of those. Hey, he's out there. Let's go get him. Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty much just one of those go for it moves. Um, number five, Craig Kimbrell, have him for four years, seventy million dollars. They have predicted that the Cardinals would go after him. Mm, I thought I, I thought the Red Sox would try and get back at him. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, see, but this is just predictions. Yeah. So I mean, I think the Red Sox aren't gonna let him go, but if they can't afford him, then let him go. Yeah. Um. Number four on the list is one of my favorite pitchers in the game, Dallas Keuchel. 
have him for four years. They have it predicted that he will sign for four years, $82 million with the Washington Nationals. So the Nationals are on here twice prediction-wise. Um, it'd be a good fit for the Nationals. I think he definitely, definitely fit well. If you you know you can you can go you can go uh, Scherzer, Keuchel, Strasburg, and then I definitely like the way that's signed. Fill out the last two rotation spots, so it's not a terrible idea. I think it de- it's a good fit. It's definitely one you got to bank on. Yeah, and uh, here comes the Yankees actually. Number three, left-handed pitcher Patrick Corbin. I've been hearing, man. Six years. They haven't predicted for six years. Hundred twenty-nine million dollars coming to the Yankees. Uh, I like that decision. Yeah, a Yankees lot of my fan base wants him. Yankees need pitching. You know, he's a solid pitcher. Every now and then he struggles, but who doesn't, right? Yeah, and I mean, um, it's like 182 game season, man. Like 162. 162. Um, You're gonna end up struggling. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I like that decision. Though. I like that move. I really do. I like Patrick Corbin. He's a good lefty, solid lefty. Um, Manny Machado is number two on the list. Who is a uh, Hated by a lot of people, but you know that that but tends to happen. A very talented player. Tends to happen. He's a very talented player. Agreed. Um, but they have Manny Machado signing with the Philadelphia Phillies. They have this predicted for him. Actually, I like, never like, about that. I, I mean, I've thought about it. He'd be a good fit with them. But yeah. th- like, like I said, just remember when I read these next two numbers, prediction: uh-huh. thirteen years, three hundred ninety million dollars. Oh my! Yeah, it's a lot of money that I don't think they have to pay him. Um, and if they do pay him, they'll have to win now. Yeah. Because I mean, they had the team to win now. They just need a couple bats and maybe an arm or two, and then you know they're good they, to go. They set. But Manny Machado with the Phillies, it works. Solid bat. He would hit well in Citizens Bank Park. I mean, he averages he averages a two seventy five average every other season. He he's a solid thirty plus home run. You you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself thirty plus home runs, hundred plus RBIs, a few stolen bases. Don't have bad again. A good on base percentage, a good WAR, and it's you're just he, looking. He's, he's pretty ridiculous. He, he's a solid player. He's a very good player. Um, number one on the list, of course, as Bryce you already know, Harper. Bryce Harper. Now remember when I tell you that these are predictions. This is just a prediction. When I throw you these numbers. Uh, they have Bleacher Report has him signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers for 14 years, uh-huh. $420 million. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how much or what I could do with $420 million? I could do a lot. A lot. It's a lot of money, Chris. I'm buying out every single game stuff. I'm, bu- I'm buying out everything. I'm going to Disney World for the rest of my life. I'm going to buy out Disney World for like two months. Exactly. And I don't even like amusement parks. I'm just going to buy it to buy it. <laughs> just for two months. Just, just rent it out for two, two months. months. Take away the fun from everybody. <laughs> nah, kids, you can't go to no Disney World. I go there now. I, I own Disney World. It's mine. <laughs> I'm going to turn it I'm gonna turn into Baldy World. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, uh, but I'm going to turn it into KFC. <laughs> KFC Wonderland now. <laughs> all chicken-based rides. That's fantastic. We could dress up all the guys that like work yeah. it as Colonel Sanders. It'd be great. Instead of them really generic teacup rides, it's now the famous bowl ride. <laughs> yes, and the seats are made out of corn. Yes. I love it. Um, Bryce Harper going to the Dodgers would be a good decision. It, it, I think it would work out, but uh, I, I, uh, if he can learn how to play first base, I'd love to see him in pinstripes. What do you think? Definitely would want that, but I don't. But I'm not entirely sure of it being. I'm not entirely sure of this happening though. I don't know if it's happening either, but you know who knows. Baseball off season is very fun, always fun. Um, it's one of my favorite times of the year, and it comes around Christmas time too, so it's fantastic, especially the winter meetings. Uh, well, Chris, we have talked about pretty much everything, and we are just about out of time. Great episode. Really good. I, I thought. I think. I think it was really good. Time flew. Uh, it did flow. That's because we were having fun and talking about stuff that we love to talk about. Uh-huh. So, um, tell everybody that you know. Listen to this. Listen everybody, to it every Wednesday, know. two to three, balling with Baldy. Everybody know. Our boy sure, Chris Knox. Make sure the Atlanta Falcons is listening to this, bro. Real talk. Make sure. I want the Miami Heat. I want them listening to this. I want a jersey. Let them know. I want everybody I want everybody in the community to listen to this show. Every Wednesday from 2 to 3. 
every Wednesday from 2 to 3, 91.9 WLJS. You can listen live on your MyJSU app. Tell my friends. Tell the pastor. Tell him. Tell all your family. Tell the church. Put it in the prayer list. Get the youth pastor in. All right, this is I'm signing off. Or, Chris, do you want to sign off for yourself? Hey, man, take the mic during devotion. Tell them, listen to this show from 2 to 3 every Wednesday. I love it. And you can talk about it in church later that night. Signing off, Chris Knox. I am your boy, Dylan Lanier, also known as Baldy. This was Balling with Baldy. We'll see you next week. Yep. Possession of the battleship.